of the machine. Welcome back to a rather sullen apologetory episode of Men in the Machine. I am Kevin, and with me... It's DJ. Hey, guys. And today we will be... I've got a little bit of a, a intro I want to do. We are going to be paying tribute to Mr. Stanley Martin Lieber, which I had no idea was his proper name, but as he's more formally known, Stanley, mm-hmm. um, who we s- sort of down-talked. I don't know. Lightly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really rip into him per se, but we did uh, call him a, a thief. We, <laughs> we may have said that he ripped off Doom Patrol. Which... The controversy surrounding Mr. Stanley as a uh, uh, borrower of creative ideas is well known. Right, and he's had history in the comic book industry with you know the likes of yeah. Jack Kirby and such. Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby, who passed away a while ago, mm-hmm. who is arguably the most influential person to ever exist in comics, like. Uh, a lot of people will attribute many of the characters we're going to name today to Kirby, but they go hand in hand with Stanley and Kirby, and that's where the whole like, who actually created it? Was it this guy or this guy? Who's putting their name on it? So on and so forth. Um, uh, I mean, you even with those, you know, out with those allegations out there, you can't deny that Stanley was a very important and influential figure in the world of yes. comics. So, so that's where that's where I'm getting at here. So if if First and foremost, this show started as a comic book podcast, and there is no getting around when you say comic book, everyone knows Stanley for one reason or another, whether it's A, calling everyone he's ever met Spider-Friend, B, claiming Excelsior at the end of an interview, Mm -hmm. C, showing up in the most wonderful slash bizarre cameos, which we will get to, Yes. or D, just being that extremely old man who has way more energy than he should like that guy may so he passed away at 95 um four days ago now yes I believe at the time well not even at the time recording i'm editing this and putting this up tonight so he about four days ago now and i mean yeah the dude only stopped doing appearances last year slash and, this year um if i recall correctly his wife passed away about a year ago about a year ago yep and she was also i think like 93 or something mm. like that at the time um, so he definitely lived whew, a, a long life. Oh yeah, he he lived a good, long, full life. His de- it, like his death wasn't exactly sudden or tragic, Mm-mm. but it, I mean, we still mourn as yes. lovers of comic books. As his name is synonymous with comic books and geek culture as a whole. I mean, like he was he was shamelessly the face of this sort of like. Come on, who doesn't know Stanley? <laughs> like if you're not into comics you probably know who stan lee is and what he looks like just, yeah just <laughs> the, the slick back white hair with the mustache and the glasses everyone's mm-hmm. seen him and he was in a bunch of kevin smith movies like in mall rats his kind of like cameo there yep. was wonderful i mean he's cameoed in movies that have nothing to do with comic books at all yeah which it will be my nomination for one of his more bizarre cameos <laughs> what mall rats or not mall rats oh okay we'll get there <laughs> so um, but we, yeah, we was talking about before his, um, uh, the, the way in which X-Men was created and whether or not it was a ripoff of Doom Patrol, because back then in, that was in the sixties, 
so in comics, I, I, I heard this at Comic-Con, actually, which I thought was really fun. They were talking about, like, uh, I was at a, a, D, a DC panel, and Brian Bendis, who uh, we talked about on the show, that was a major signing for DC. Um, but he was a longtime Marvel exclusive for, like, almost two decades. Created a bunch of characters like Jessica Jones and Miles Morales and such. And they were talking about it on stage. Like, people like to think, you know, it's Marvel versus DC versus Image. You know, like, they all hate each other. And that's not the way it is. Like, the comic industry as a whole, the studios as a whole are all near each other. You're calling your friends. You Some people work for both companies. Some people color for both companies. And then There's a lot of freelance writers yeah, in the it's, business. It's, it, like, I had no idea. Tom King, who is the current writer on um, Batman, and he does other books, but, like, you know, that's his serial role or uh, weekly role. I had no idea. He wrote my favorite Marvel, one of my favorite, I shouldn't say my favorite, but one of my favorite Marvel books ever in the Visions, it's called. I think I told you about it. Vision creates a family because he wants to live a like mundane mm-hmm. life. It's in Washington, D.C. suburbs. Anyways, I had no idea he worked for both. But yeah, free, that... No, I think actually where you get like the permanent employees of both companies is probably in like the editorial staff. Yes. Like editors will be like... like you know, there'll be different writers for Batman, but they'll try to keep the editorial staff relatively the same yeah. so that Batman always feels like Batman. Yeah. And it's they'll the, let the writer have their own voice and have their own stories, but Yeah. And it's the really big names they'll sign exclusives to, like Bendis. Or uh, mm. back in the day, I think Alan Moore did DC exclusively for a little bit until they had their falling out and whatever. Um but yeah, occasionally, but I mean heck uh, Frank Miller has wrote arguably the best DC and arguably the best Marvel stories of all times I'm, uh, in Daredevil's Born Again and Batman The Dark Knight Returns, both of which are always cracking, you know, every list of best uh, comic runs all the time. So, even if uh, even if Frank Miller's name has become a little bit, uh, yeah, so it's been dragged down a bit in more recent years. But so he's the man he, has problematic views. He's the uh, like classic example of. Um, slightly messed up values that land really good with certain stories and just bomb in other ones you're like oh mm-hmm. god that story was terrible but then he makes the you know one of the top three batman stories ever dark knight returns everyone knows that story. yeah um so that's always really cool but stan lee has been exclusively marvel obviously he worked as i mean i've got all the info here but we're just chatting um he worked in a ton of different roles common misconception i thought he kind of created marvel like, I didn't know his whole story in Marvel. But it turns out he was, like, a 30-year-old intern at Marvel doing, like, oh, yeah, I'll get your pencils for you, sir. Oh, yeah, it's like the classic worked his way up from the mailroom sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. He he was an intern who would, like, fetch people literally their pencils to draw the sketches. Then he uh, got, uh, he, he showed his skills and, like, helped writing and helped penciling. And then he got his own, like, low-level throwaway character serial book, and that did pretty good. And then he got a better book, and then he became editor, and then, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but he's created so many characters. All the big ones. I mean, the, the main Avengers cast, uh, him and there's a whole list here, which I will go through in a minute. I know that there was, like... Uh... I remember Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos. Uh, that was come up with because Stan Lee wanted to come up with the stupidest idea for a comic. It's like, bet you it would still sell. Yeah, and it always does. Uh, he just wanted to come up. He just wanted to sell a comic called Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos. <laughs> it's a good, it's a strong name. I mean, I can't blame the guy. And now, now we live in an age where everyone actually knows who Nick Fury is. Yeah, so. he's, he's the freaking well. It, it helps that Samuel L. Jackson plays him. Yes. But yeah, I mean, the Marvel franchise, the, the 
film success has just absolutely catapulted it into a household name. Robert Downey Jr. is not Robert Downey Jr. anymore. Or, no, sorry, Iron Man is no longer Tony Stark. Like, you went to your mom and you'd be like, hey, Iron Man, she'd be like, yes. Tony Stark, no. Robert Downey Jr., yes. Those two go together. The character's name, forget about it. It, But, yeah, we live in a day and age where it would be weird if you didn't know who Iron Man is. And you probably know who Nick Fury is. Yeah, Yeah. And, like, even as far as, like, 20 years ago... You would have no no one would have any idea who 20, Nick Fury was. Ten years ago. The MCU started in two thousand eight. Yeah. And even then he was the end credit scene cameo in Iron Man. Oh yeah, Man. you're right, you're right. Even ten years ago, people would be left at the because Marvel created after credits. I mean, no, they didn't create them, but they <laughs> definitely made it mainstream. They popularized it to the point where even movies that don't deserve end credit scenes are getting them. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, heck, ten years ago people didn't know him and Nick Fury was is always been one of the like cornerstones of the marvel universe since he was created but here's some of the here's some of the characters that uh uh stan lee is accredited with co-creating he either created or helped create them yes yes in some so the very first uh superheroes and this was with lee and jack kirby this was their first jack kirby is a name you're gonna hear a thousand times when you're talking about stan lee i mean if you're talking about comics in general just get used to hearing the name jack kirby yeah. until you're sick of it also did you know jack kirby created the cavity creeps Oh, really? He was the... They put holes in teeth. Yeah, yeah. We make holes in teeth. We make <laughs> holes in teeth. He was uh, one of the people who was in charge of creating the concept and the design for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I think that's really funny. But we're not talking about Jack Kirby. So uh, first thing they created and first one he was accredited with co-creating, Fantastic Four. Okay. Hey, did you hear that they actually have put them into... Uh, there is a new Fantastic Four run now. Yes, it just started with Dan Slott, who uh, ended his Spider-Man run, which I haven't read, but my friend, my other friend, Kevin, biggest Spider-Man fan in the world. Like, bar none. It's the only comic he will consistently never let go of. Like, that's his thing. Um, he says it's incredible. Like, yeah. like one of the best. So, I'm interested in checking it out. No, I got I got no qualms with that. I think he did Superior. Maybe I'm wrong there. I'm probably wrong there. <laughs> Um, so they created Fantastic Four, and that just got rebooted because they took it away for like two years. Uh, I think around when Fan Four Stick came out, they retired. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was the first superhero family. Like mm-hmm. that was the first time that was created. So uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, and that was based. So this is one of those scenarios that was based off of Kirby's previous uh, creation superhero comic called The Challengers of the Unknown, which mm-hmm. was like a team of of people. Um, and that was on DC Comics. Challenges uh-huh. of the Unknown was. Because Kirby worked back in those days. I mean, Kirby worked back and forth. Yeah, he's, he was... He's had a lot of famous runs with both Marvel and DC. Yeah, he's so. just a creator uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, because their like popularity took off and they started making titles, uh, Kirby and Lee created the Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and the X-Men. Obviously, mm-hmm. come on. Like the, None of those are You've little, heard of all of these. Yeah, none of those are sides off. Then he worked with Bill Everett and created my personal sweetie, Daredevil, my favorite super of all time. I mean, if, if nothing else, I own Stanley back. Everyone mm-hmm. knows how much I love Daredevil. Uh, then he worked with uh, Steve Ditko and created Doctor Strange, which I had no idea that was his creation or co- co-creation, uh, and Marvel's most successful character of all time, Spider-Man. Yes. The <laughs> game that I can't stop playing now. Um, I mean, even if Iron Man's kind of the one that's been all over the place now because he's basically the face of the MCU, yeah. Spider-Man, you still know Spider-Man. They reboot Spider-Man every year now. Yeah, Spider-Man is still the most successful character f- 
for uh, movies because of Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, and I, uh, Amazing 1 and 2. And now Homecoming added to that with freaking ridiculous. Homecoming is goddamn excellent. Yeah, Homecoming. Like, I thought I was tired. I thought I was sick of Spider-Man reboots, and then I no. saw Homecoming, and I'm like, no, this is all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Keep doing this. Spider-Man is mm, potentially the most relatable character of all time. And we're at the point now where Homecoming is not... Homecoming is a Spider-Man reboot that is not an origin story. Like, Spider-Man's origin uh, story does not exist anywhere in the MCU, and nobody cares. Because it doesn't need to. You yeah, all know you it. you know Spider-Man. Come on. Every, the, the animated series in the 90s was widely successful. It's We talked about this at work, because I keep trying to get Jake to get a pull box, and I'm getting closer. Um... Spider-Man is is a book you can always be like, yeah, I, it doesn't picking it up each week is almost guaranteeing to yourself at least something readable. I mean, yeah. something good. Well, yeah, yeah, you're just like what's going on with Spider-Man today? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like oh, you're, okay, you're not okay. going to walk fighting, over uh, He's fighting Kingpin. All right. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. Mm. Oh, let's move. Like you're not going to walk over and pick up a freaking Ghost Rider story and expect it to be good because that's one character who is almost always bad. Well, not bad. That was harsh. Is almost always like, what am I doing? Like, you'll forget it week to week. That's Pat- Patrick's rule of thumb with comic books is when he picks out, when, when the new issue comes in his pull box, if he doesn't remember the last issue, he drops it. Does Stanley have anything to do with Ghost Rider? Not to my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> but, oh, sorry, continuing. So, they, uh, Lee and Kirby worked together on the very first title of The Avengers. They created... The they team. brought them together as a yeah. team. And uh, they would revive characters from the 40s, it says here. They repopularized Captain America because mm-hmm. he had he was basically like fighting Hitler and then oh, yeah. 15 he years came of up, nothing. He came up in World War II because yeah. they wanted a patriotic hero. Exactly. And... and then disappeared and they brought him back. And the Submariner, who is Aquaman. but for... No, that's Namor. No, that's Namor. Who's the Submariner? Why am I I'm confusing? No, Namor the Submariner. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I, for some reason, I wasn't putting the names together. And that was... Uh, so they cre- they created every major, major X-Men character. Yeah, Wolverine. Pre- previous to the re... You know, like, in the 70s or something, you create Vision. and You know, like, stuff grows, but I'm talking about the core. You well, know? Yeah, like, for X-Men, your originals, you had... Uh, Cyclops, yep. Storm. Iceman. Iceman, Beast, Wolverine, Rogue. Oh, come on, Professor X. Well, yeah, Professor X. <laughs> I was like completely like glossing over the head of the whole thing. Um, and um, I swear there's something we're missing here. We're missing something good. Magneto, obviously the villains. Was Gambit original or did he no. come later? Gambit was later. Gambit was like, oh, Wolverine's fucking awesome. Now let's make him slightly charming as opposed to a hard I feel hard like ass. Gambit would have been around like Liefeld's era. Yeah, like, He seems like a Liefeld sort of character. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, and then obviously Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America doesn't count, but he was the reboot. The core of the movie franchise that everyone knows, Spider-Man the most successful, Daredevil, come on, that's... He's not as widely accepted, or not accepted, but widely like marketed now, because the Netflix show does good, but even then, people who like the MCU don't like the Netflix shows. Yeah, Netflix shows have a very different feel from the yeah. MCU. It's actually very weird whenever the Netflix shows remind you that they're connected to the MCU, because you're just like, really? Oh, right. Jesus, oh, okay. I forgot about that. And the Ben Affleck movie didn't help. It really <laughs> yeah. didn't. Um, like, Daredevil went through phases of, like, eh, majorly huge in the 80s, back to eh, back to being huge in, like, the late 90s, 2000s. Patrick could correct me on that, but, like, the Bendis, Brubaker, those back-to-back runs. I will say this, though. There's never, ever been a bad cinematic portrayal of Kingpin. 
No. Everyone who's ever played Kingpin's done a great job at it. Michael Clark Duncan was awesome. Yes, he was. He was menacing as hell. Mm-hmm. And like three times. The nice thing about him was obviously his size, but he wasn't a tubber. He was literally just the largest man yeah, they like get. When he's like throwing people around, you're like, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he can probably do that. That was He can probably throw Ben Affleck. Oh, gosh, yeah. With like, without even, because people downplay Kingpin. He's the main villain at the beginning of Spider-Man. He is, he's not superhuman anything, but he is above average strength and all that, and obviously super smart. He's not like just a guy who runs a crime. He's not Penguin, you know, for Batman. He's not the Penguin. He right. will punch your face off if you get in his way. Like, the thing I liked about the... You've seen Netflix's Marvel? Yeah. One and two. I haven't seen three yet. I don't know if you... Have you? I haven't seen three oh, yet. okay. Either. I was going to... Okay, anyway. But no, they do portray in, Kingpin as well, super like, strong in that. And he could just fly off the handle at any moment. The and, end of season one shows his fighting skills when he's just punching Daredevil out. I mean, he gets beat. But you know what I mean. Mm. But my favorite part... My favorite portrayal of him is... Uh, I think it's like episode like four or five... Basically, when the Russian drug guy comes to him to explain what went wrong, and oh, he takes door? his head off with a car door. Yeah, it's like, not necessarily about skill at that point. He just lost his mind and well, decided, because yeah, the... he talked, he, he interrupted his date. Mm-hmm. Which, they kind of make Kingpin, like, almost autistic in the show. Like, he's very focused and on edge and, like, nervous and, like, socially awkward and stuff in the show. But he can murder anyone at any given point in time. Whereas Michael Clark Duncan's was a crime lord. I mean, he's still a crime lord. In no, the yeah, but you, but you know what I mean. He was the, like, poised, collected. Kingpin in, Nef- in the MCU, not poised. I mean, he's poised, but he's very, like, you can see that clock kind of doing its back and forth ticking in his head. But, yeah, you've got, but you've still got the thing in Daredevil where they play up this up very well that people are terrified of yeah. him. Yeah, and he knows everything, and he knows everyone. He's obviously got money. And he'll punch. He he won't send someone to kill you. Like he's not one of those bosses you can step to. You know, you have to step to his whole entourage first, and then when you get to him, that's actually the hardest challenge. Mm-hmm. Versus like you know, uh, you know, shoot the head and the body. Will, I can't remember the saying. <laughs> I can't remember the saying, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, not enough about Daredevil. Stanley. So Stanley's big attribution, like it, contribution. That's the word. His major contribution was bringing... So before him, superheroes were used to show your dreams. Superheroes were like gods. Even Captain America punching out Hitler. That was like, fuck yeah, we got Hitler! Like, Superman... Last time we talked about Action Comics number one, where it's basically just... Which I did go read. Okay, yeah. I did go read Action and Detective Comic 1, which I like Detective Comics 1 a little bit more, but... Oh, you do? Yeah, I I I mean, 28. Sorry, 27. 27. Or whatever it was. Um, Yeah, back then it was like, something went wrong. This person who is unbeatable shows up, solves it, goes about his day. It was like that sort of, you needed hope. Uh And then Jack, or Stan Lee comes around, and his big, he's accredited widely with introducing, like, the human element to these superheroes. Racism being dealt with, segregation and stuff like that with the X-Men. And even something as simple as, like, not being able to afford your rent with Peter Parker. Because that's Peter Parker's whole thing. Well, yeah. Peter Parker's thing is that he has superhero problems and normal people yeah. problems. Oh, my, this girl doesn't like me. Oh, I failed a test. Oh, I, you know, my rent's late. Oh, and my I mean, job. Then fired. later you would have, like, in DC, The Flash would kind of pick yeah. up that pattern. Well, but... I mean, one co- you know, they each follow each other along the way. But, but like, yeah. The, uh, the idea is that no matter how powerful Spider-Man is, yeah. it's not going to help him 
with his love life or yeah. Iron Man is finding a, a job or genius whatever. Genius engineer who created a perfect suit, but has depression and can't cope with his emotional issues. Like he really hammered that home like aggressively Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of funny to think about it's similar to frank miller it's like he wrote these stories that are so personal and deep and not necessarily dark but they give you a reason to question things and yet he's just you know excelsior spider friends and he's smiling and he's like oh i love writing books i wanted i want to know what it was like for him to sit down and write like, did he get weird? Did he did he do one of those like <laughs> method acting? He kind of get get into it and then write. Maybe it? he just had to get into the right headspace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I do want to share a story that I heard about Stan Lee. Already interested. That uh, was pretty interesting. Um, so when he was kind of a, a nobody at Marvel, just a, like a low level guy helping out with comic books, uh, he did like a little blurb in the back of a book where he was like. Hey, I work for Marvel. If you send me a comic, I'll critique it for you. Okay. It's like, send me oh, a comic and a dollar okay, yep. and, I'll, and I'll critique your comic for yep. you. And later when he is Stan Lee, when he is the guy, he's created Spider-Man and all these these heroes that you mentioned. And he's a big name at Marvel. Some guy decides to do that. Like, grabs the It's like, okay, yeah, I'll send my stupid comic to Stan Lee in a dollar. And he sent him a comic called... It was like a, it was like a Superman ripoff that was... Not very funny. It was called like Stupid Man or something like that. And, and Stan Lee is like, you know what? I said this a long time ago, but I'm still gonna do it. Why not? Oh, like like t- like yeah. recent. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'm still. It was this was like I don't know if it was like '90s or 2000s or something like that, but so but yeah. So he's like, you know what? Yeah, no, this was something I said a long time ago, but I'm still gonna do it. So I'll, yeah, I'll he actually through. He actually did write in. Uh, a follow-up you uh, followed through with it critique the guy's comment give legitimate criticism on it too like your artwork's actually very good yeah. but you know the jokes don't quite li- like yeah. legitimately this is what you could do to improve your comic let it never be said i'm not a man of my word yeah signed stanley yeah uh, i also um found out in that same vein he created the um so in ev- not in every but in a lot of comics at the end of it you write into them, you know, write them, write them a, a letter and they'll, you know, oh, you know, this story arc was incredible. I loved it. I read it this way. I got it this way, whatever. And they would put that on the last page, last two pages. Mm-hmm. That was something Stan Lee created as like, get your voice into comics, mm-hmm. which I always thought was super cool. And Patrick has been, uh, he's been in like three or four books. He's got them all, obviously. Um, and he's super excited about that, which I would be too. Like if I wrote in like, hey, you know, Batman's incredible. I love what you do with this. And I saw that in an issue of Batman. That's going on the wall. Mm. Dash Kevin Mills. That's going on the wall. Forget <laughs> about it. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Uh, he was huge with connecting with fans. So that's just that's just cool. Mm. That's just cool to hear. I wonder if he would have done it still even like years later. I'm sure actually after that, he probably got more and was like, okay, inundated with, you know, hundreds of thousands of them. But and, you know, speaking of keeping in the public eye, one thing that he was famously doing all the way up until the day he died was cameoing in movies. Yeah. Uh, that guy probably has a really large IMDb credit page at this yep. point. And it wasn't exclusively MCU movies. He he is in every single MCU movie. Yes, yes, without fail. That was and it. he was in every, pretty much every Marvel movie before the MCU uh, uh, was so, a thing. Uh, so I don't think he was ever in Blade. 
Yeah, he might not have been in Blade. I, I don't think, but that's not far fetched. To that's not like, oh, what do you mean? You want to get in Blade? Like, okay. But it wasn't just Marvel movies that he cameoed in either, because you mentioned like Mallrats. Yep, yep. And but he but he cameoed as Stan Lee, which was great. Yes. Uh, and I, there's one other one that I've seen him in that I was like, oh fuck, that's Stan Lee. That's awesome. And I just can't for the life of me remember it. But he does show up in a lot of the X Men movies uh, for Fox. Yep. Deadpool, obviously, for Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in all the Spider Man movies for Sony back in the yep. uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield days. There was some Marvel movies he wasn't in, um, and I can't remember what it was. But it, I was like, wow, I didn't. I, was he in Venom? I don't know if he was in oh, Venom. Okay. I didn't see Venom. Okay, okay. Well, that's irrelevant then because I also didn't see it. But um, by far, he was. He became the Where Stanley. He's like, where's Waldo? Yeah. Yeah, watching the movie, and you would just kind of, like, seek it out and wait for it. All right, so let's let's start here, then. What was your favorite Stan Lee cameo? What do you think well, was the best Stan Lee okay. cameo? So first, they started subtle. Right, sometimes it would be, like... like I, the first Stan Lee cameo I remember seeing was in uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie, okay. where he the just... The Incredible Hulk. Yes, where he just, like, I think opens a fridge and then has a heart attack. <laughs> Okay, I don't remember that one. He was in Ang He was like Lee's near Hulk the beginning too. of the movie. He was in Ang Lee's Hulk too. And so was Lou mm-hmm. Ferrigno. Uh mm-hmm. as a security guard or whatever. Yep. Um So but they start so the first one I think I remember is um X Men 3. X3 Last Stand, the one that everyone hates. Mm-hmm. Um uh what's her name? Uh the Phoenix, uh Jean Grey is going crazy inside the house when Doc when Professor X dies. Uh, and everything starts going up, and, like the house gets lifted in the air and everything, and Stanley's outside watering his lawn, and the hose goes up, and the water starts going up, and he's just like, what? Like, <laughs> it's not a cameo. That's like the most subtle thing. And yeah, then like, it, yeah, a lot of times it would just be, like, it holds on this guy for just a little bit longer than you would a, on a random A extra. random side-by. And then they became a little more obvious, like in Deadpool, where he's a 90-year-old DJ in a strip club calling out that someone's coming to the stage. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a little on the nose, but you loved it because why would Deadpool was the the one off? You know, like, why this isn't a Marvel movie? Just watch Deadpool. Um, I think one of the craziest ones was Guardians of the Galaxy two because that has implications. So my favorite one is Guardians of the Galaxy two. Okay, that's yours. It was a running theory that Stan Lee was a watcher. Mm. Like everyone made the joke, oh, he's in every Marvel movie, but he's always a different character. Sometimes he's himself, sometimes he's this guy, sometimes he owns a house. and So he's clearly tracking the events of the MCU. So then they decide, I'm I'm 100% convinced it was his idea to be like, ah, let the people have it. Like, yeah, why not? Let them have a little bit of this. Um, he's on like some random uh, planet with the Watchers, but he's not a Watcher. He's in a spacesuit, And he's telling them what's happening. Yeah. And it's like, okay. That, there's so many weird things with that. A, he's with the Watchers, but he's clearly a human in a space suit, or at least led to believe. Mm. B, how the F did he get there? Because the Watcher's not... I mean, the Watcher's capable of, like, teleportation and stuff, but to my knowledge, can they just, like, take people? Like, Yeah, why would they just go and grab Stan Lee? Yeah, if, of, of all, above all else. C, is Stan Lee like a... Is it sort of like a breaking the fourth wall? Like, the actual creator of all this stuff is giving it off uh and d it happens in one of the most zany i mean come on guardians of the galaxy was the movie um that wasn't supposed to be made that 
I'm still really bummed that they kicked James Gunn. And the, the entirety of Guardians 3 is on hold. Right, because I know a lot of the cast was just like, well, Super pissed about fuck it, yeah. this. Especially uh, Dave Bautista. Bautista was pissed. Like, yeah. He made it known before they fired him, like or right when they fired him, like, nope, eh, take it back. You did a wrong thing here. I, I really feel like Disney did did dirty on that one. I that mean, was... so like... What do you what do you want him to do? It's, it's he made not, a stupid joke on Twitter ten years ago. Who hasn't made a stupid but joke? You got to remember this is Disney. Yeah, I know that they've got to keep their squeaky clean. Yeah, this is Pix- that, It's but, not even just Disney. This is Pixar. Like this is the company that is known for childlike wonder and all this bullshit. Like the fact that so many Disney properties have gotten uh, neutered because of one reason or another. You got to hold the image. You know, if it was Fox, if this happened to Deadpool, they'd probably... Actually, it did. T.J. Miller had a... Well, yeah, T.J. Miller. And and they still put him back in Deadpool, too. Like, you know, it's just... It's a major bummer, and... T.J. Miller did worse than James Gunn did. Yeah, he actually... That was recent. Yeah, he actually, like, uh, harassed people Mm. and did uh, things that are just not cool. And they're like, yeah, he fucked up, but we have a contract, so just play your part (laughs) like okay just we're not gonna promote anything with you just play your part and we'll move on um which his role in deadpool 2 was much smaller uh no was it it was about the same was it about the same yeah i guess it was i I was for for a minute there i was forgetting the whole like tortured by a cable scene and and whatnot Mm. so yeah i guess it was about the same but I, i i i'm not happy about it and i also think guardians 3 if it gets made will suffer from it like above, even if the movie is phenomenal, you'll still it'll still be acknowledged in every single review that it's not a James Gunn movie. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, uh, Guardians was the movie that they were like, "Hey, you know, we want to make this movie." And Marvel MCU Kevin Feige was like, "Hold on, wait, what movie do you want to make?" And they're like, "Yeah, this." Oh, and we hired James Gunn to do it, and he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that'll be great. Should put it up." <laughs> like the, Patrick tells the story all the time. That was an actual thing that happened. Mm. They pitched the movie. The the head was like, hold on. And then they're like, but we got James Gunn. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is perfect. Guardians of the Galaxy is a movie that should not work. No. Well, it's, it's no, you're right. It shouldn't work. But it filled a niche of, so, so the MCU started very kind of reserved. You know what I mean? The Asgardians weren't gods. They were just people who lived a lot longer with much more sophisticated technology. Right, uh, they kind of Captain America, which is why, which is why a lot of people were like, "Well, wait, really? You're doing Doctor Strange in here?" Yeah. Because, well, because hold on, yeah, they they, they took they, their they, time. They, they tended to make things a lot more grounded. Yes. Like they would tie it back to something. They or some they science took or... their time dramatically with it. You know, they like they dropped the Incredible Hulk from having standalone movies because it's a werewolf movie and it doesn't really you know land, uh, which mm-hmm. I think it could if you made it a horror movie. It, like, the current Incredible... Oh, I actually have them. Maybe I should have you read that. The Immortal Hulk run. It's a horror comic. Now it's not anymore, but it started that way. If you made a Hulk movie as a horror movie, I think it'd be awesome. Okay. But anyways, they dropped that. Iron Man, they make a, like, terrorist plot for the first movie, which is very grounded in, like, real life. Okay, cool. You mm-hmm. you you have him show him creating this stuff. And then as the movies went on, they got a little more, uh, like, the Iron Man 3 with uh, the extremist virus and stuff but at first you start with just an engineer and a terrorist organization cool the first thor like i said they took away the god aspect of it the first captain america is just a world war ii drama but with muscles 
But even then, yep. even then, they kept his strength, like, they pulled it back. He was just a above, he was just, you know, basically what you would expect out of those pecs. He was like, okay, a strong guy who fought well. Yep. Um, and then you grow, and then phase two, you introduce Ant-Man, who can change size. And you're like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. All right, you're getting a little unique here. Um, you introduced, uh, who the hell was that? Um, what was the other standalone for uh, number two, for the second phase? Um, what am I missing here? Thor 2, you did Winter Soldier, you did Ant-Man, and then Age of that, Ultron? Am I missing something in there? That's where Guardians of the Galaxy popped up, too. Oh, okay, yes. So then you do Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where they pop up. Which, which is what we've been trying to get around to. Yeah, which Guardians is not as far-fetched as Doctor Strange because you set the precedence that it's a space opera. Right. You don't say this and is... And you've already had aliens in there with Avengers 1. So. Yes, exactly. So you so, sort of do that. And you've had the Tesseract kicking around since the beginning, so... Which, the way they've managed... So there is a lot of, like, uh, continuity issues in the MCU. Yes. But there's also a lot of really, really well-thought-out continuations of stuff that maybe wouldn't have saved. Obviously, the Tesseract from day one was... It's an Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking, like, the fact that the Red Skull, that, that Hugo Weaving's contract fell through, so they stopped doing Red Skull for a little while, and then you bring him back for Infinity War in the fucking coolest way ever... I lost my mind when that happened in theaters. Um, Even if it wasn't Hugo Weaving. Yeah, which, uh, come on, man. Like, how would you really... Which, once again, we mentioned it last time on the Doom Patrol episode, but I'm really okay with recasting people in comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get a different artist, you're gonna... Batman's gonna look different from comic to comic. So I'm okay if Batman's played by a different guy from movie to movie. Exactly. So then you do Age of Ultron and Ant-Man, which Age of Ultron introduces Vision, another slightly more out there character. Yep. Scarlet Witch, who's fucking yeah. full on magic. There's no getting around it. Um, and a sentient robot made of the strongest metal on Earth. Well, arguably the strongest metal on Earth, um, who can be anywhere at any... You, you know, you open it up. You no mm. longer... And, you know, and then you do Phase 3... And you finally allow everything to... You start with Civil War. This major, over-the-top, basically Avengers, you know, 2.5. Then you give us Doctor Strange 2 and get weird with it. Guardians 2, get even more weird with it. Spider-Man brings it back, but again, now you're tying stuff together because it's Iron Man, you know, Spider-Man movie, and you're you're talking about the after-events of the Avengers and, and Civil War. And most people don't pay attention to this because the series isn't that good, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did start trying to sneak in humans into the universe. Yeah. But then they were like, wait a minute, wait, no, we got X-Men back from Fox, yep. we don't need Inhumans anymore. Well, they actually, that. so they, they introduced them, <laughs> then they make an Inhuman show and cancel it after one season. I don't mm-hmm. even know if it made it all the way through the season, but there was an Inhuman show. Um, then you get Thor Ragnarok, which is a com- cur- complete curveball. It's Thor and Hulk in our planet Hulk with like the funniest movie I've ever seen. You introduce, they've always been cheeky funny, but you literally make a comedy out of Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is one of the movies that feels like I'm watching a comic book. Like, Yeah, I get that. For me, um, the movie that probably felt the most like watching a comic book was maybe Doctor Strange. Like with the imagery and stuff. Cause it I, was, see that. I love Doctor Strange. Yeah, so. but that's a movie that 10 years ago you literally couldn't have done. The CGI would have been just the most... It would have been embarrassing. But Doctor Strange is where they go, oh, flat out, magic is a thing and it can do whatever you want it to exactly. do. Exactly. And then, you know, you work your way up Black Panther Infinity War. So they were we, they were incredibly smart with the pacing. They didn't just give you all... Like, that's one thing that DC gets, like, 
seriously harped on was you tried to get the you tried to do what what DC did or Marvel did with Infinity War in ten years and twenty one movies in three movies in two years or three years like you you can't you you can't do it that way but back back, back to the nature of hand all of that would not have happened. If not for Stan Lee. If not for Stan Mother and Lee. You mentioned your favorite Stan Lee cameo. Right, right. I'll mention mine now. Right. Okay, uh, I forgot how we got here. Yes, correct. Mine is the one in Black Panther. Okay, hold on. They Let go me... into the casino. Okay, yep. The one where they're just normal themselves, like, trying to spy on uh, Claw. Yep. Right? Yeah, they're trying to... Because Claw is selling the uh, stolen vibranium to yep. um, the CIA, to Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah. Um... What yeah, is his name again? Uh, Martin Freeman. Yes, Martin Freeman. Yep. Um, but yeah, so so and Claw is uh, Smeagol. So that you know they have the joke of that movie, the Tolkien white guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've seen that because they are the only two white characters in that whole movie. The only two important white characters because well, yes. Stan Lee is awesome. <laughs> yeah. There. Okay. Sorry. But sorry. Stan Lee is in the casino <laughs> and uh, like. I think it was, I can't remember who was playing. It might have been T'Challa is, yeah. is like at like a blackjack table. And then uh, Claw walks into the club. So he's got business to do. And he's like winning and he's got all these chips. And then Stan Lee walks up to the table and he's like, oh, look at all these chips. Mind if I get in here? All right. <laughs> and pulls them over to him. And I like that because I feel like it's a coy nod to the, the idea to like, the idea that he has like stolen all of his ideas just over over and over <laughs> oh okay i see what you're saying just like here let me sit down and claim all this boom that's mine yeah like oh look you t'challa or or, or jack kirby you, yeah. you you made all this well i'll just put it over yeah. here <laughs> don't mind me if you do once again we're not we're not dunking on stan lee here for that but you have to acknowledge that that was there and that was yeah. always there. And I feel like this was him giving kind of a, like a nod to that whole controversy yeah. in kind of a funny way where you can kind of laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's always been, so from what I could find, so I, I did read a bunch about him the last few days, just like randomly mm-hmm. from what I can find, he never like, he was never like super bitter and fought anything, but no. he never admitted to anything. He was just along the lines of like, Come on, guys. These characters are... Because Jack Kirby didn't die penniless. No. You know, like, it's not like DC where the creators of Superman literally died penniless and Batman. And once again, Jack Kirby is not a name that's unknown. Exactly. It's not as known as Stan Lee, but... Like, honestly, if you say Spider-Man, people don't go, oh, Stan Lee only. Steve Ditko, hand in hand. Not necessarily with someone who went and watched Homecoming. Mm -hmm. But with comic fans, you say Steve Ditko with it immediately. When you say Stan Lee, you say Kirby. It's not like he robbed him of everything. Right. You know, he just was like, well, let's do this together. And it just so happened that he can... Jack Kirby continued to create. Stan Lee rose to the top. As I said, his position was closer to the editors that I mentioned early yes. on. They stay with the company. They don't go from company to company. Yeah. So, Which, uh, I might actually have to change my favorite Stan Lee cameo. I have not seen the movie, but I have seen the cameo. He cameoed in Teen Titans Go to the movies. Really? And he points out that it's 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 a fourth wall break. He points out that it's not a uh, deep Marvel movie. Maybe I shouldn't cameo in this. 
And then later, like later in the movie, they're driving a golf cart, escaping something. He jumps out of the nowhere, lands on the front and says, ah, you know what? I'll cameo in anything. And he, he, ha- he has a little like caricature in it. <laughs> that might be my favorite Stanley cameo because who, who, why? Like, why, A, at this point, Stanley is so synonymous with comic books, he can be anywhere and there's no ill feelings, you know, back and forth. There's not like, oh, fuck you, Batman's better. Like, there's none of that. It's just Stanley. B, it's an animated feature, and he did the voiceover work, and that's just funny to me. Him in like him with because you've seen how voice actors work. Just him in a thing doing that, I can just picture like his old arms going up and like exclaiming. Uh-huh. Uh, and C, it's just like that's come on. That's if he had cameoed in Justice League, everyone would have lost their mind. It would have been awesome. It would have been like holy fuck. But this is like a movie specifically for kids that people rag on because it's not Teen Titans. You know, it's just a very weird thing for him mm. to show up in. Uh, when we're done recording this, we'll. We'll do a quick YouTube um, all Stanley cameos because it's it's worth seeing, especially especially that one. Okay. And we are not done seeing Stanley cameos. I'm sure he's got a few films. That... So he so Avengers four is already or five four four Avengers four is already wrapped. Yep. So he's his cameos already filled for that. But I remember reading a thing he would batch uh, record cameos. Yeah, probably like you know he's old, so yeah, yeah he can't just like show up randomly here, there, and the other travel whenever he wants to do that. He probably had like a schedule and planned his stuff out. He did pre-record a bunch of cameos. Now I don't remember know if he pre-recorded a bunch and we've already seen them in Black Panther and all this, or if you know maybe when he filmed the Avengers four one he pre-recorded four more. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is, but uh, I saw a meme online that it was one of the. Have you seen the one where the it's the like white guy it's like a pixel image just sitting at his computer and he does the salute and then it's him crying screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blurb before that picture was uh, going to see Avengers four and watching Stan Lee pop up one more time and then it was that thing like I can only imagine in theater what it's going to be like when he shows up. I'm hoping that Stan Lee's last cameo will be him standing over a defeated Thanos and declaring <laughs> that Squirrel Girl definitely beat yeah, him yeah. and that it is not a clone or a simulacrum. Or so, so Marvel has this thing with killing off villains, right? Thanos is never killed off in the comics. Right. Uh, I'm, well, I'm sure he is in some point, but he's never killed off. He's defeated. I, I would like it if they did that in this movie. I actually don't like the fact... I, and the MCU is not as bad about it as no. a lot of other things, but I don't like killing off the villains yeah. in superhero movies. You keep those guys around because they're fun. Well, it started with... Christopher Nolan, don't kill off Ra's al Ghul. He's more interesting when he's alive. I know. It, well, it all started with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Like, that's the, that's the main... Because Lex Luthor showed up many times. General Zod didn't get killed. He got thrown into the... In the old Superman. He got thrown into the... Um, I can't remember what it's called. The square that goes across the screen because they get sucked into that world. Uh, the fucking... Ow! It's going to drive me nuts. Anyways, Tim Burton's Batman, very first one, because he was going to do a trilogy, but they stopped him after two. Mm-hmm. Very first one, they introduce um, the Joker, and then they kill him. The biggest Batman villain in the very first majorly yeah. hyped up Batman movie. Even Nolan didn't kill the Joker. Yeah, because he planned he was going to be co-villain in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, but unfortunately yes yeah. that that got behind us and that's why there was no resolution at the end of dark knight because mm-hmm. they didn't even get to film that this the very last scene of the joker in the dark knight is him hanging upside down claiming an uh immovable object stopping in or wait an unstoppable object 
unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Right. Him exclaiming that upside down being hung by his foot is the very last thing you see in the Joker. It wasn't supposed to be like that. There was a wrap-up, and mm-hmm. you just don't get it because Heath Ledger, unfortunately, took his life, or overdosed. Yeah, it was um, an accidental death. Yeah, it was, it was, it was sad. But mm. that thing happened back then because he killed him and then kills the penguin and everyone else in that movie, basically, in the next one. Then uh, Kingpin dies at the end of Daredevil, and Blade kills every villain he goes up against. And uh, even when um, uh, Nolanverse kills off all of their villains except the Joker... They killed, oh, off well, no, two they, fa- they killed off Two-Face, and he barely got to flip any coins. I know, he only shows up for a minute, they kill him off. They did keep Scarecrow around, which was nice. Mm-hmm. They kill Bane, because it was... A- so, I think the problem is... I think, here's why I'm going to say they do it. And MCU's even guilty of it a couple times. You're under the impression that you have, let's say, a trilogy. Or, even in the standalones, you have this specific amount of standalones. So, it's not serialized like comic books. You can bring them up 100 issues later, many years later, because mm-hmm. it's not the same character. In movies, like you're saying, recasting and all this stuff... Okay, we'll just do another another story with this villain. There's really no need to save them. And obviously, in movies like freaking every action movie ever, like Die Hard and The Fifth Element and Con Air, the ones that I like, um, yeah, the villains die. You yeah. always kill the villain. Always, every James Bond villain except for what's his name dies um, with the cat Blofeld. Blofeld. They kill him unceremoniously at the beginning of a movie. Exactly. Though. Yeah, like in the first ten minutes of the uh, Pierce Brosnan one, right? No, no, it was before Pierce Bros. It was before Pierce. Okay, uh, but they yeah they drop him down a chimney and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real silly. Um, you know he always kills the villain and and uh, Jason Bourne always kills the bad guy. Everyone always kills the bad guy. So superhero movies, even though in the comics it's not common, you kind of like people expect a trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bummer. But even the MCU is guilty of it with a ton of di- like for example, Black Panther, which Black Panther two will probably be great, killed his only two villains in the comics. Yes. Like, Claw and... Well, I, I, I think... So so Killmonger got a really good death scene. No, he did. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not like, going to... That was one that. of the best scenes in the entirety of the MCU. Yeah. And it was a chosen death. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Claw. I think killing Claw was a mistake. I think that was a major mistake. Like, obviously, Killmonger is Killmonger. He's going to kill everyone. But mm-hmm. the whole point of Claw is that he's kind of a coward and will do whatever he wants to get away i mean he's just like i steal shit and i sell it and then i try to kill people and Although, if I, can, I run away i'm still i'm still not going to get rid of the theory that they could still bring him back but make him more similar to what he is in the comic books where he's a dude made of sound yeah i suppose you could do that uh, we kind of already set the precedence that weird stuff can happen so sure yeah mm-hmm. sure let's do it um, but they killed off, uh, the villain for, uh, Ant-Man. Didn't, did they kill him? Or did he go to prison? Gosh, now I can't remember. I still haven't seen Ant-Man. They killed Abomination and Hulk. And yeah, they never Hulk's brought back whatever. the leader, which is, um, in Holes. You remember in Holes, the guy who gets hit with the shovel? Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember they were setting him up. And they were setting up the leader. That never pays off. No, leave that on the, on the wayside. Red School, they killed off, but brought him back. That one was good. That mm-hmm. was done awesome. Uh, they killed off every Iron Man villain so far. Yeah. Every single one they've killed off. You know, it's like they're they're just as guilty of it. It's just the only one. They, we've had Thanos so much that you're like, oh, they don't care. And Loki. We've had Thanos and Loki well, you know, so much. They've also, they've kept alive. Um, I mean, can't really kill Dormammu. 
Uh, but you also haven't fought Dormammu, so that's kind that's of a true. you know. Uh, you uh, they kept um, Vulture alive. Yes. Oh, oh God! In the end credit scene where he meets up with Scorpion and he's like, "I heard you know who the spider is," and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Wink, wink, wink. So the Sinister Six is coming. The Sinister Six is totally coming. Which would be great because I would love to see Michael Keaton as Vulture oh, again because he's so good. I know, but let's get it. Let's get it popping though because he ain't getting any younger. No. Uh, even though the Vulture is always older than michael keaton's portrayal even of him was the ultra yes. is like an 80 year old man who can barely fight he just flies like he kind of looks like uh an evil version of the monopoly guy in the comics yeah i get that yeah with like a pointier nose <laughs> like, yes um but yeah the the they did keep him alive and introduced other villains which i'm appreciative for and the sony universe even though um venom got lots of like this or that hit or miss reviews fans generally loved it like people who went and saw it generally liked it the problem with venom is that he's a product of the 90s and he kind of kind of just belongs in the 90s that and the one criticism i keep hearing that makes me really mad is everyone goes they turned him into a hero it's like yeah it's a first off it's a standalone movie what what are you just going to show him kill everyone and get away at the end that actually kind of is what venom does though he was in that 90s anti-hero block exactly he was like i'm going to eat you but then also don't don't bother me. Like like if you're fucking shit up that is not me doing it, I'm gonna take you out. As like well. it's kind of like them complaining about making Cable a hero at the end of Deadpool. No, like Cable's very much the same kind of character as yeah. Venom is. Yeah, I get that. Where he's kind of like he's a he's a dark antihero who will kill people, but ultimately he's a good guy at the end of the day. He's Deadpool with no jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's actually they made Deadpool way more like redeeming than I thought they would in in both deadpool movies um but either way uh well i mean deadpool was kind of made to take the piss out of death stroke exactly but then like i don't know dc got them back by making lobo to take the piss out of uh, wolverine (laughs) so it goes in circles (laughs) which they're making a lobo or they're casting lobo in the superman show on sci-fi called krypton and then also he might get his own spinoff which i'm i love lobo lobo is fucking awesome (laughs) Um, but yeah, exactly. And what, oh, so what they're doing with that, the movie Morbius is coming out soon, which, uh, is Jared Leto. So, you know, I got a soft spot already. Mm. I haven't been as open about my love for Jared Leto around, uh, my Connecticut people as I was in Saratoga. He is top three actors all time for me. And I love 30 Seconds to Mars and he's gorgeous. I love Jared Leto. Oh, I love Jared Mm. Leto. Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> the way they're introducing sort of a villain universe, I think is fucking phenomenal. Because when you do that, you can create the situation where Spider-Man comes in, beats him up, and doesn't kill him. Because mm-hmm. they've got their own movies, and they're doing their own thing. Like, can you really do that with... Could you make a standalone Ultron movie? No. Could you make a standalone Joker movie? They're doing it. <laughs> you know? Well, the, that's the thing about comic books, is that a lot of times the villains are, interestingly enough... That you could do a story about a villain where there are no heroes because oh, yeah. you just want to learn like what this guy's deal is and, and what, how. Let, let's be honest, all of the uh, back in time X Men movies, first class and all them, they're Magneto movies. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Fassbender is the perfect Magneto, and I almost wish instead of using him in every single X Men movie, give him his own Magneto movie. Why not? Why? Why, why not? the hell not? I mean, now we're past it. They're moving on to the, there's one more uh coming out the dark phoenix one and then after that like jennifer lawrence is done and yeah you know we probably won't get this 
keep these people. That's one thing I never really liked about the X-Men movies is that they'd always have this tendency to they they'd have the movie they they'd make it it'd be whatever and then one cast member would get disproportionately more famous and then yeah. suddenly the movie would become about them. So like after Jennifer Lawrence becomes famous, suddenly the movies are just refocused around Mystique way more yeah. than they really should be. Which I agree uh, on that part. Like don't get me wrong, the the one time I disagree is with Wolverine. Well, and that's but, come on, that's, that's Wolverine. the main yeah, that's, he's, and he became famous because of being Wolverine. Like yeah. Hugh Jackman was nobody before Wolverine. It's true. Yeah, and now he's freaking continually harassed by ryan reynolds to star in a deadpool wolverine movie. but jennifer lawrence didn't become super famous because of her portrayal of mystique which while we're on the topic so okay hugh jackman was phenomenal in logan one of the best superhero movies ever have you seen it i haven't actually okay. seen logan that yet, might no. be a good one to do for the podcast we still have been where well, this is like our sixth in a row without a movie yeah <laughs> um but anyways he was phenomenal there, but it was a lot of uh, grayed hair prosthetics to make him look older. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, there is an X-Men comic, I, or a Daredevil, uh, sorry, what am I doing? There's a comic I have, I bought all the issues because it came out recently, Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Okay. We have, like, 20 years and that movie could still happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's in his 40s, so he could get into his 60s and be, still be Old Man Logan, and Deadpool's under a suit, you just need the voice. Which Ryan Reynolds would probably still act it out. He's also in his 40s, also still super ripped. But we have a solid 10 to 15 years where those two guys could still play that character. Well, I mean, Ryan Reynolds, when he's Deadpool, is always in like all those burn prosthetics, too. So it really doesn't matter how yeah, old he is. Exactly. He's always going to be him. And technically, he never ages. So all those prosthetics will keep him looking like yeah. that. Um, but uh, Hugh Jackman, though, all he has to do is keep like some sort of size. I've seen some pretty buff 60-year-old men on the internet. Okay. Well, hold on. That sounds that sounds creepy. Mm. I'm not looking at 60-year-old men stuff. I'm just saying I've seen buff dude. J.K. Simmons getting prepped for... Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash? He was Whiplash? Was no, in- no, no. No, no. Whiplash was Mickey Rourke. No, no, no. Not the character Whiplash from oh. Marvel. The movie Whiplash. Oh, I have no idea. I was talking about how he was becoming Commissioner Gordon. Have you seen oh, the well, images? He was, he was actually buffing up for that role? Oh, he okay, got... Okay huge for that role you know what i got an ipad i'm gonna show you okay so yeah there's there's i'm not saying it would be easy but there is lots of cases where these super super buff old men can fill out oh my god it's the most bizarre looking thing i've ever seen that's jk simmons come on update for me well it's not gonna update there we go that's jk simmons prepping for commissioner gordon damn he got he looks like my grandpa. Yeah, he's like 70. And he's just like, nope, doesn't matter. I'm gonna freaking And those are only like those are only like 20 pound weights. Like those aren't big dumbbells. You just I do just it. You gotta do it. Yeah, you just gotta do it right and eat right and God, he's huge. Uh anyways, yeah, that was for Justice League, and they cut all of his scenes. Because freaking Bend or uh um who's his dick there? Who who is the guy who stepped in and did the reshoots? Why, for, why can't um, I remember his name, Justice League? I'm, oh, I'm just, uh, it, Whedon. Whedon. Because Joss Whedon's a freaking jerk and thought the, the Commissioner Gordon stuff wasn't necessary. Ugh, what a jerk. Anyways, uh, I would love to see a uh, Deadpool Wolverine movie, and we have so much time to do it. All you have to do is exclaim that it's Old Man Logan. Just set it in a different time. Done and done. You don't have to make it Young Wolverine anymore. Call it a day. 
Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, I can see. I can see. So, that. one day, who knows? Robert Downey. Well, uh, so on that topic, on the Stanley Marvel topic, everyone's walking away from their roles after Infinity War Part Two. Not everyone, but Thor's gone, Captain America's gone, Iron Man's gone, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's up in the air. Like, uh, 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 the Hulk is gone. Even, even uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ruffles. Yeah. He said he was done. All you end up with, which is still great, is the new school. You end up with Black Panther. You end up with Spider-Man, Scarlet Witch, uh, Bucky. It has, uh, like, four more movies still on his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I... Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's coming in fresh. You know, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, I think, is a three-movie deal, so this might actually be the end for him. Like... Yeah, I mean, we always kind of thought that War was going to be shuffling out the old guard a bit. And they're also uh, one of the prevailing... So here, let's talk a few theories on the... uh, Well, we're at an hour, so we can actually wrap up soon, but let's talk a few theories for uh, Avengers. There is many theories about how it will end. Do you know any of them, slash which one do you like? And if you don't, I'll say a few of them. Uh, Squirrel Girl shows up and defeats no, Thanos. No, that is not one That's of not that. happening. They they just got that Fox deal through. They're not bringing Squirrel Girl into the uh, MCU anytime soon. No. Which um, is unfortunate. And hard to do, but not? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like Homecoming, actually. It would be a very similar movie to Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the traditional Captain Marvel shows up. Her and Thor basically manhandle Thanos while Captain America and Iron Man like strategize. Cool. Use some fun way to beat him, take the gauntlet, and bring every and 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 bring everyone back. Not everyone, but everyone back. Like for example, uh, the pretty much never-ending prevailing theory is that Loki's dead forever, but he's getting a show. Huh. So with Hiddleston and everything. Yes, with Hiddleston and everything. So are they gonna? Which I think is exclusive for the Disney streaming service. Okay. So are they gonna bring him back? Is it gonna be a prequel thing? Is it gonna be an afterlife thing? Because as Guardians don't die, they just go to uh, wherever it's called. Um, no, wait, hold on. Asgard is the heaven for the. Yeah. Wait a like, minute. Uh. Well, no. okay. Anyways, so how are they gonna do that? Or is he coming back? Another theory, and it's the um, most popular one, is that. Uh, they're going to use the time stone and just reverse time and stop Thanos from getting the the stones, mm-hmm. which I could see how you could actually open the movie with that. Like if you opened Avengers four with somehow sneakily getting the time stone about half an hour in reverse time and then spend the next hour and a half fighting Thanos, like non infinity stone, just fighting Thanos. That'd be pretty fucking cool, but I don't like that one. Mm-hmm. You've got the, uh, Doctor Strange saying, you know, I've only seen one that we... We're in the end game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he purposely sacrificed, and you find that all out later. Um, And then you've got the other one that is... Crap, what was that one? Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Superman flies around the world fast enough to reverse time. No, I can't remember what it is. Um, (laughs) But... Well, we know that we know that the heroes that disintegrated are not going to stay dead, because... Of course. Spider-Man... Two is all but confirmed. Black Panther completely two. confirmed. Black Panther two is completely confirmed. Guardian three was confirmed at the time of the end of filming for four. Mm. Um, yeah, they're all not all, but they're coming back. And if Gamora doesn't come back, so help me. That was the hardest death for me in that movie. That was incredible when Thanos throws her off the edge mm. and like cries. Oh, oh, so oh good. Josh Brolin's so good. He's so good. He made uh, Thanos sympathetic. That was like impossible to do. Which is major. Major. It was like Killmonger. Okay, so black back back to backing 
Killmonger with Thanos is just the fucking best decision ever. Which was great because up until then, MCU had a real problem with villains. It was just good versus evil. It was, I'm going to destroy you, and that was it. Right, and usually the villain would just show up, they'd have some stupid motivation, and then they'd, like, die. Yeah. I mean, you also had Vulture in there, too, that was pretty close to uh, them, which was also very good. Yeah, Vulture was awesome. I guess that would be, like, the start of it. Which, Homecoming was at the end of Phase 2. Mm-hmm. Like, into Phase 3. Was Homecoming Phase 3, actually? Homecoming was Phase yeah, 3. Yeah, it was. So it was Phase 3 that really turned it up. They they made they made you know what a villain could be, which is good for the future. Mm. Um, but yes, you. so I personally would like to see them defeat Thanos, someone use the gauntlet to bring people back, but not everyone. Like, it's, it's one of those things where Thanos had such a, such a, like, adamant goal that he was able to snap out half of existence kind of perfectly because that's what he wanted. Whereas someone else puts it on, like, uh, oh, if they brought Adam Warlock in, that'd be dope. But, like, Doctor Strange, no, he can't, he's dead. Like Captain America. Tony Stark? No, I'd rather see Captain do it. Okay. So he brings people back, but because basically all he's trying to do is restore life, not specific things, you still leave certain people dead. Like, as much as it pains me to say, the people who died non-snap, if they didn't come back, I would understand. Mm -hmm. I would totally understand if Vision stays dead, Loki stays dead, Gamora stays dead. I would get that. Um, But anyways, gets him back. They separate the stones up or destroy it, whatever they choose to do, because Scarlet Witch has shown she can destroy the stones. And they retire. Like, if if if, pe- if people don't have to die, because there's lots of talk... Oh, that was the other theory, was that um, in the ultimate final battle, uh, Captain America, uh, Iron Man, and Hulk, they all die, and then they bring back the people from the snap. Mm. I would prefer if they bring the people back from the snap and they, like, retire. Like, they're just like, okay, can't do it anymore, we're done, and they disappear. So you at least leave the hope that those characters still exist for a little bit. But that fucks with recasting, and I understand that. Mm. That throws out the possibility of keeping the MCU without a reboot. And then that's a bummer. But the reason I want that to happen, Samuel L. Jackson's getting old, Tony Stark's about 20 years behind him, Tony Stark's can become the new uh quote unquote uh why can't i think of his name nick fury like he can fill that role Uh, robert Downey jr doesn't have to stop being tony stark but he does have to stop being iron man so if you just have him as end credits you just have him as mid movie like we can do this guys who i would love that okay i want to see robert Downey jr as as the de facto leader without being iron man just because everyone loves rdj did I say that right? Yeah. How do you want it to end? Um. You know, I, I can't really say. Uh, I I definitely think shuffling out the old Avengers is... It's a must. It's part of the agenda. Plus, Captain um, Marvel is bizarre. I don't even know where to go with... like. Honest, to... Yeah, honestly, I just want the, the old Avengers to have a good send-off. Yeah. Death uh, or not that's death. That's what I want to see. I don't care if it's death or not death, okay. so long as it's a good send-off. Okay. I just don't... I just... I'm not... I don't want it to be cheap. Yes. Like, like, uh, freaking if, if Hulk dies by Thanos just grabbing him and snapping his neck, I'll be like, that was fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. If he dies by, like, you know... The, he's like grabbing Thanos and like putting him in a sweet figure for uh, full Nelson and other people are fighting hard and he like reacts and kills him. 
that'd be kind of nice because it's like this team sacrifice thing. But yeah, if anything is like a, a quick death, if you kill any of them quick, I will be super let down. Especially Cap. Don't do like you did with Loki at the beginning of the movie. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, that Basically was... what I'm saying. I'm okay was... with it, kind of, but... With Lokis? Yeah. I, I don't know. I So at the time, I was like, no. No, they didn't. Hold on. Wait. No. Wait. My, my uh, biggest problem but, but, with it... Yeah. My <laughs> biggest problem with it is that I feel like Thor Ragnarok was the movie that figured out how to write Thor and Loki together. Like, oh yeah, they got it. They got it down. They're brothers I want who to can't see more help. of that, and then there's no more yeah, of that. They're brothers who absolutely cannot help but to bicker. It's not necessarily hero-villain. It's more so like trying to always one-up each other sort of a thing. Right. And then, yeah, yeah, they just open the movie in space. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, I don't want them to be like, oh, yep, the original Avengers are on a space pod that explodes at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> and then... Yeah, and then Captain Marvel just one-hands thanos together yeah i agree that's that's not what i want although they did show how powerful thor could be by fighting all five infinity stones that if captain marvel is who they're typing her up to be basically (laughs) superman or thor's equal yeah she could probably one hand thanos like Mm -hmm. that would be an interesting fight kind of kind of like um who was it that was one one manning uh thanos on on mars Uh, when iron man was his suit kept changing and he was like one man fighting Thanos, you're like, this isn't going anywhere. But it looked awesome. I would like to see that with Captain Marvel. Just like her really getting the upper hand. Mm-hmm. But uh, all of that attributed to Stan Lee, as we said. Yep. And that's what this whole podcast is about. This we love him. This was our Stan Lee tribute. We're super sad he's gone. I'm, I, I can honestly say I have not read enough Stan Lee to know what he was like as a comic creator. But that almost doesn't matter because of what he did for all the stuff I have read. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry for disrespecting Mr. Lee on the last episode, uh, and hopefully this made up for it. Hopefully we're in good graces with the... I, I don't believe in God, but hopefully he's happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the man lived a life. God, he lived a good life. God, he lived a life. That's so, oh, it's just he accomplished a, a lot. It's one of those things that I'm, I'm not sad because... You know, it's not like, you know, Robin, no, Williams, Robin Williams taking his life or something. But but it's like, damn. Like, just such a good person. I just want to... Ref- that's what this is for. We just want to reflect on what the man accomplished and celebrate his life. Yeah. That, that's what this is about. He gave us the ability to talk nonsense about movies for the last 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, entertainment... And he, 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 is, he has a quote. Entertainment... I can't remember what it is, so I'm butchering it. But, uh entertainment is arguably the most valuable asset we have in our life like you have to have a reason to continue on besides the fact that your stomach's just hungry and he gave um, for me one of the biggest sources of entertainment so thank you stanley and for this podcast so yeah yeah and for the whole freaking yeah okay anyways this has been men of the machine i am kevin and i'm dj and we love you stanley And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.